Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk in daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. As it's Father's Day, um, I have the privilege of inviting three gentlemen to join me on the platform, and we are going to have a little discussion time, just like we did for Mother's Day. And so if I can get Jason Hoyles to come and Harlan Martin to come and Gary Dalby to come, and we are going to just have a conversation time together. I hope you enjoy these times. They're fun for me. Um, They allow us to just have conversation about being dads and being fathers and the struggle that that is, the challenge that that can be. You guys can grab a seat wherever you like. And um, yeah, we're just going to have an open conversation. And so can we pray real fast? Is that cool? Father, I thank you for the men that are on this platform. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for their willingness to come and share. And Lord, as we uh, just have a conversation, I pray for all, the, for all the men in the room, all the dads, all the future dads, that Father, that they are just encouraged, that Lord, even as these guys talk and we talk and have a conversation, that all the women in the room are encouraged and inspired, that Father, all of us leave here this morning uh, changed. In your name we pray, amen. So can I just, uh, can I get all the men for a minute just to stand? That would be you guys, but you're kind of standing. You're already elevated. You don't have to. It's, if you all stood behind me, I'd probably feel weird. Um, if nobody has said it yet, happy Father's Day. It's great for you to be here. So thank you. That's it. You guys are good. Did you all get a raffle ticket on your way in? You got one? Beautiful. You didn't get one? We still need one up here, but that's later. See, I don't do the draw till the end because then you got to stick around. Oh, if I would have sat down, I was falling. There we go. All right. Oh, I should have done this before I put my coffee on there. There we go. So let's just go real quick. We'll start right here with Gary and we'll head down the line. Why don't you just tell us who you are, where you're from, and how long you've been married, how many children, how old your children are. And how long have you been serving Jesus? <laughs> Don't worry. They also have the questions in their hands. It's more for you guys. Uh, my name is Gary Dalby. I'm married to my wife, Kathy. Um, I was actually born in Tilsonburg, but I was raised in Muskoka. So I don't know how I ended up here. In between that, we uh, went to Thunder Bay. So we've traveled a little bit. Um, I have two children. Jeff and Catherine, and uh, <laughs> Jeff's 45 years old. I didn't ask for how old your children are. You want me to stop there? All I, right. <laughs> I asked how old uh, you were. Yeah. I got you covered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, next Saturday, I will be 69 years old. Oh. I have known the Lord for 48 years. Amen. I'm going to give you a quick story. When I started to date my wife, my friends told me 
not to do that. Her father will meet you at the door with a Bible. The first night I went to pick her up, I didn't know what door to go to, so I went to the living room, and that's where he generally sat, and he read his Bible in the evening, and he met me at the door with his Bible. <laughs> I'll tell you, I had back... <laughs> I realized I did actually ask how old your children were, but I was smart enough to stop you. The, the youngest one doesn't want to know. <laughs> my name is Harlan Martin, and I'm married to my wife, Michelle. Um, we have three kids. I was born and raised in uh, a conservative Mennonite home near Drayton. And uh, then since we've been married, we just live 10 minutes north of town at Topping. So um, our kids are uh, Zach, he's 17 years old, almost, another couple weeks. And, uh, and we, have a, we have a daughter that, that we lost at stillbirth in 2005. And um, Jackson, who is 13, and Kylie, who is 11. Um, did I cover everything? I, I began, I began uh, serving the Lord when I was 11 years old, and if you must know, I'm 42, almost 43. So, How long have you been married for? That is uh, 21 years, August 1st. Nicely done. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, uh, I'm Jason Hoyles, um, originally from Newfoundland. Um, <laughs> there we go. Um, but made my way westward from Newfoundland uh, through university and all that sort of stuff. And I met my wife in Kitchener when I was a youth pastor for a short stint. Um, so, but we've been married for 17 years this August. And um, we have two children, Isaac, who's 11, and Annika, who's 8. And I actually became a Christian um, when I was five years old, and uh, so I've been married for 40 years. Or sorry, uh, I've been a Christian for 40 years. Sorry, I got that mixed up. Yeah, so I've been a Christian for 40 years, yeah. So uh, that sounds like a long time, um, but, you know, I, I just want to point out that, you know, these other guys here would say this too, but, you know, there's seasons of, of good times and bad times, and um, I'm a bit of an intellectual, so... Uh, honestly, I've, I've had times of doubt uh, in my 40 years. Yeah. So just to start off lightly, and I realize there's some family in the room, but what's the most embarrassing thing your mother or father ever did to you? I can tell you a story when I embarrassed her. <laughs> Is that the safer one? Uh, what's that? Is that the safer story to tell this morning? I've got a real good one, but we don't need to talk about it now. But, <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, in... in I thought about this, and I'm like, I, I can't really think of thing, but one thing did come to mind was uh, in grade six. Uh, my mom sent me to um, picture day with a pinstripe, navy pinstripe suit and a red tie. So I was like, I was Donald Trump before Donald Trump became <laughs> Donald Trump. Uh, and I, I, I think I started to feel a little bit embarrassed when kids started making fun of me. I, I'm not sure, but I'm, uh, I, I'm embarrassed about it now. <laughs> <laughs> the one that uh, came to my mind is um, my my father used to cut my hair when I was a kid, 
and and he used to give me these white walls that I absolutely hated and uh, it's cool now but it wasn't then and anyways that was I was always embarrassed after that and I was glad when it started growing in again so anyways um, one of the most embarrassing for me was through my father he was a transport driver and he thought it was great and I passed out of grade 8 in grade 9 and so he was going to take me to Calgary Stampede him and another fellow drove the transport every week back and forth to Calgary. They got turned around before we got to Calgary, and he had to go back through the States. There was a nice restaurant that over, over top of the highways, and so they thought they would stop there. Lo and behold, they didn't have enough American money. They sent me up to the counter with part American and part Canadian, and I'm standing there, and the lady says, this is Canadian. I said, that's all I got. <laughs> And so what is your favorite part of being a dad? <clears throat> Thought about that. One of the most favorite ones for me is actually watching my children grow. Grow in what they want to do. Have, have their children and become a grandparent, but also look to see what God had promised. I have, uh, for the favorite part of being a father for me is just um, watching my kids grow and develop their own personality, um, turn into the, uh, the person that God has called them to be, and of course to watch them serve God on their own. And... Um, and just watch them starting to make some of their own choices that that uh, that are wise choices, and so um, and then of course coming from home from a hard day's work, and just spending time as a family. So um, because Isaac and Annika are um, eleven and eight, you know the the younger years are not that far away. So uh, looking back uh, over the last eleven years, um, I think the, the, my favorite part is just. Uh, having the kids in my arms. Yeah, very cool. So we're going to take a, a different route than we have in the past. And so I actually have a verse to clarify just so I realize what we're going to talk about could be a little iffy in today's society. But so the first verse is Galatians 3.28, and it says this, There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there a male or female, for we are all one in Christ and so I'm just clarifying for anybody in the room that we are all equal in God's eyes. Mm -hmm. We are all the same. But yet God has placed husbands in a role in the home as a spiritual head, a spiritual leader. And so we're going to talk about that this morning. And so the verse we're going to look at, we're going to look at Ephesians 5, 21 to 28. And it starts off saying this. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body for which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, to make her holy, cleansing her by the, by the washing with water through the world through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. 
In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For he who loves his wife loves himself. So guys, as we read this scripture and the understanding of how we're supposed to lead in our homes um, from a spiritual aspect and to be that head, when you read this scripture, what does it say to you and how do you understand it for your responsibility? I've got a bit of a longer answer if you don't mind. No, you're um, good. So um, being a Christian for 40 years um, uh, and been in Bible college and that sort of thing. Um, I think the church, not Bethel Church, but the church, you know, all over the world. I think, uh, and it's certainly, uh, you, you be, the way that you interpret scripture and uh, learn about things in churches, it's tied to culture. So we live in North America, so, you know, there's that part of it too. But uh, I think a lot of times we see authority um, as position. Um, and I certainly, God gives us position uh, to influence um, people around us for the kingdom, to advance the kingdom. So position is important, but I think that's only part of what authority is. Um, uh, because I think what gets mixed in there sometimes is uh, we think of, when we think of authority, we think of um, uh, military hierarchy. And that, that, I think, is a little bit dangerous. Um, I think when we say position, when it comes to authority, I think it's, it's better defined as strategic placement. Um, but again, beyond that, um, I have a definition here for authority that, that, that I think needs to be married with what, we, uh, what strategic placement is. Uh, I think authority is the stewardship and appropriate use of power and influence. Um, and that, I think that definition applies to what goes on inside the church, but also in the secular world as well. And it can, it can apply to a lot of contexts. So um, I think to say that we should use authority properly and effectively is, is a bit of an understatement. Um, your strategic placement and the appropriate use of your power and influence are so much more intimately connected than we actually realize. So, um, you know, there's, you got your position, but then you've got this appropriate use of power and influence. And guys... Just because of your physicality, um, we've got power and influence in our homes. We do. Um, so as husbands, I think we're, we're strategically placed by God. That's our position. Um, and our authority in the home is a stewardship and appropriate use of our power and influence that God has given us. And um, I even, even go as far as to say that as soon as you stop using your power and your influence um, appropriately, you haven't lost your position but you're just operating as a man in that moment. Um, and so this is something that I have to, to kind of remind myself of. So my job, I look at it, is to keep my motives pure. And I, all these things I do imperfectly, and, and they're really hard to do. Um, but to keep my motives pure, to keep my insecurities, my inadequacies, my selfishness, because it's there, my fear from stopping from being a servant in my home. I look at, I look at that scripture and I'm a servant, I'm to be a sacrifice uh, for my kids and for my, for my wife. And I need to work uh, at myself so that I can create an atmosphere where my wife and children can thrive. Uh, that's how I look at that scripture. Yeah. I, I agree everything that Jason said there. And um, I believe that 
authority, first of all, I believe God designed that to give, to give structure. Um, and it's easy for us to, to take that out of context a lot of times in, in taking that design as being a hierarchy position. And, and that is absolutely not what God's design was. Um, but I do believe that he did uh, design that for structure. Um, if you think of any any other, uh, you know, whether it's companies or whatever it is, there needs to be somebody who who is is the actual leader um, to bring structure. And so um, I take this verse as a as a real challenge. I believe that I believe that there's a reason why God called us as husbands to to love our wives because he knows that that's probably the thing that we struggle with the most on on handing out and and just loving on because respect uh which the our wives are asked to give in return to us as husbands um in my marriage i find is very easily given back to me if i first of all love my wife and so so i believe the reason god has called us to love is because he knows that we struggle with that and we need to be reminded to do that. And and then when we do that, we're respected and everything can flow in in the design that God had, uh, had planned. Um, the only way to lead successfully is to do it as a team with our wives. Uh, God has given... It, it, um, God has given men and women different perspectives and emotions for reasons to bring balance. If we bring our differences together well, along with will and purpose, with, along with the will and purpose of God, um, it'll, and allow ourselves to complement each other rather than to compete. And and this is my wife and my kids know that I don't do this well all the time, but it is certainly something that I try to live by, um, and it's it's been proven that the results are. Um, given in return of respect if we love our wives so yeah it's a, it's a touchy subject because you know as, a, as men you'd like to be in charge um, but very often I will talk to my wife and we will talk about it and then I can it we, we can come together I don't have a problem I'm not weak I don't have a problem with that. It's, it's the fact is, is then I get her perspective of what I'm going through or what is challenged to us. And uh, because like the gentlemen have said, you know, we, we can stand up here and say, I'm in charge, I'll do it this way. And, but we don't have our wife's perspective of, of it. And, and I know that I'm gonna be held responsible for these things. And, uh, but I share the love, if I love my wife enough, I love her enough to talk to her about these things. Amen. And that's important, very important. So some of you kind of touched on this a little bit, so maybe we can just kind of pull a few questions here together. Um, where have you found success in leading in your home? Um, why is it challenging to lead in your home? And then maybe with that, what is a word of encouragement? You'll see if you guys have them there. It's just pulling those three questions together. What is one encouragement you would share with fathers in like your parenting aspects of life? Yeah, like I said, it's it's. Uh, I find it easier to 
um, being in charge, I uh, had an opportunity in, in my business world, I had an opportunity to lead men and, and uh, go from that. And, and so they looked up to you and stuff like that. Well, you have to, when you go home, that changes. You need to sit down and, as I said, talk to my wife and say, what do you feel? Because sometimes she has the right answer. And uh, sometimes between the two of us, we come up with the other answer. But it's for me to sit back and say, no, it's going to be my way or the highway. Well, I'll tell you what, you'll be on your own. <laughs> and uh, you're going to be responsible for that, all that. Um, you know, it, it's hard. It, I look to my wife in helping me to uh, bring up our children, bring them properly. Uh, when, because we moved a few times, uh, there was opportunities for us to sit down and discuss it. What is good? What is wrong? Was it challenging? You bet. And um, she uh, was very uh, permissive to let me kind of pursue some of my career to take her a thousand miles away from her family. It wasn't easy, but she stood beside me. So in that, I, I look at and say, you know what? I need my wife beside me. The question, wh where have you found success in leading in your home? Um, I have a little bit of a hard time answering that because I don't necessarily always feel like I'm successful. Um, I'm, I'm learning on a daily basis. And like I said before, there's a lot of times I don't get it right. But that doesn't... Uh, I guess if I would have an encouragement to anybody is, is if you don't get it right, don't stop trying. Um, because we are human, we are in our flesh, and we're going to make mistakes. And I think being real and being honest, um, the one point that I have is uh, um, whatever we do, let's walk in humility. I think that goes so far because if we try and paint the picture to our, our wife or our kids that we have it all together. Um, they know very clearly, my kids know that I don't, and, uh, and they know the real answer and that, that we are just human. And so we have that conversation sometimes that uh, those moments that I need to go back and apologize and make things right and have those conversations that, you know what, we're, we're, we've never done this before either, but we're trying. And, um, and so I, th I think being real is, is a big one. Um, lead by example and be a man of integrity. Um, quick to apologize to your wife and kids. Um, follow through with the biblical principle of precept upon precept. Leading, leading kids or leading, um, leading kids is, or, or uh, parenting kids is, is, is not for the faint of heart. Um, there is many days that, that you, it's, it would be the easier option, the least path of resistance would be to quit. And, um, but it, as we have teenagers now, you, you, you have the benefit of looking back on a little bit of experience, and I don't have the experience that Gary does yet, but you, you learn that um, when they were small, there was things that you said no to, 
and they didn't get it. You say no again, they still didn't, it seemed like they didn't get it. I compare it as you're throwing mud to the wall and it doesn't stick. And you keep doing that and you get to that point where will they ever get this? And you get to that point of discouragement, whether it's even worth pressing on on that uh, conversation. And then all of a sudden you have that conversation and a couple of weeks later, you have that conversation with your wife and it's like, you know what, they got that. And, and that is the encouragement for the next time you're dealing with that precept upon precept. And I say as an encouragement to anyone, do not quit because follow through and follow through well. Um, that is the only thing I believe that will bring the results that we want because um, the easiest path of resistance is to, is to quit. And I, I compare it as well to, to breaking a horse. Um, and and we, we, we literally have these conversations in our home sometimes. And, uh, you know, the, a horse, when you go to break a horse, if that rider quits before the will of the horse is broken, then the horse has won and, and there's no compliance, you, you're never going to have a well-trained horse. And it's the same thing with with uh, with training kids, and it's and and I don't say that in a in a in a strong-handed manner, but it, but it's the truth, right? Um, so, as an encouragement to to any parent, do not quit. Um, what is what is challenging, or another another success, I would say, is just simply doing it together with your wife. And, and making those decisions, making sure that you and your wife are always on the same page, um, that she's not saying one thing and you're saying another, so that when, when they come and ask dad, when they've already asked mom, that hopefully the answer is the same, or you circle back and say, what did mom say? Um, the, why is it challenging to lead in your home? I, I believe a big reason it's a challenge is simply because Anything that is God's design and God ordained is going to be attacked by the enemy. And, and I believe that is probably a big reason why um, fathers and men are attacked in this world today in, in the way that they are. Because God has designed us men to be the head, um, again, in, in the proper way. But, but in God's design, he's called us to, have, to carry the responsibility and and that is uh, that's huge. And so any time that the enemy can knock that out and and to attack that, he will. So usually when we're being attacked, it's because we're doing something right. So uh, where have you found success in leading your home? Um, one thing that we uh, we do is we pray when we're saying grace at the table. We pray for ministries too. Um, so, you know, we'd, we'll just throw in, we'll pray for Pastor Dale in Honduras. We'll pray for um, Simple Dreams. We'll pray for our, um, our Child Care Plus kid and Dallas ministry. You know, these, are, these small ministries that we support financially, we'll just throw it into grace real quick. Um, that's something that we do. Um, honestly, um, my dad was really good at doing devotions with us uh, every week. Um, we hated it, um, uh, but he was really good at it. Uh, I'm not so good at it. Um, I, I think my strengths are in other areas. I 
I try to do devotions every week with my, my family, but I got to say, there's more, there's more times that I don't than I, than I care to admit. But uh, we do do devotions with our kids uh, before bed, and um, uh, we try to use that time to talk with them. And um, uh, uh, lately, in the last you know, couple of years, I've been trying to get um, uh, Annika and Isaac to do more of the prayer time sort of thing. So it's, it's not me just praying. It's okay. I, it's something as simple as, okay, what's something you're thankful for? Can you pray about that, please? I'm waiting. Can you pray <laughs> about that, please? Um, the other thing that I've done, and Annette's going to start doing with Annika too, she's really excited about it, uh, is, that's a little bit of sarcasm, um, <laughs> is, you know, with the sex ed curriculum in Ontario, um, I've actually gone out and got some, a book, with, and I, in anticipation, because uh, teachers in elementary tend to hold this off until the end of the year, and they tend to do it real quick, and probably don't do it as, as much justice, at least in our board, uh, I don't know about Toronto, but anyway, um, so I've gone through those books and uh, Isaac and I sat down every Sunday for about half an hour and gone through sections of that book. And um, I thought, I remember when Dad would this stuff with me, and I'm like, man, this is embarrassing. Uh, I don't want to learn about those body parts right now. <laughs> um, but I, but I, I thought I was going to be embarrassed you know, talking about it with Isaac, and I wasn't. I was just, okay, we're just going to go through the book, and he might have felt the way that I felt when my dad was doing it with me. <laughs> but, uh, so we did that, and so there's, we've done that book, and now there's, there's another one uh, in, t in anticipation for the last few weeks here. So that's something that I've done. Um, and then there's a scripture in Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 9 called the Shema. Um, it's really sacred to Jewish people, um, and uh you know, I won't read it the whole scripture, but in a part of that scripture, and you go home and read it, and you, well, you're probably aware of it already, but it says, um, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, uh, when you lie down and when you get up. And there's more to the scripture. So I take away from that that there's teachable moments every day, just discussions in the car. Um, you know, how was your day at school? What went, just there's lots of things that you can talk about and just interject some godly wisdom um, into that discussion. So I think even though, you know, I suck at um, doing weekly devotions with my, 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 uh, my family, I probably, that's probably a strength of, that, I, that I have. So why is it challenging to lead in your home? I, you know, um, um, for me, uh, I'm just going to be a little bit personal here. Um, uh, the last couple of years, I've had a lot of struggles. Um, the wise were a lot funnier than we are when they did this. Um, uh, so I've had a lot of struggles, and so doing devotions, you know, um, with my kids at night and that sort of thing, uh, why it's been challenging is because, you know, do I really believe that God loves me? Um,
you know, questions, do I, do I really trust God? Do I, do, I re- you know, do I really believe that? Do I really believe that? And when you're reading devotional and it's there, right, what do you do? And I can't say that. I always know what to do. So I read the devotional and I pray, th- and I pray with my kids and whatnot. And um, so that's been a struggle for me for the last couple of years. Um, you know, it, like I said earlier on, this I think being a, a, the head of the home and being a spiritual leader in your home is whatnot. It's, it's partially born out of who you are and what you believe, and you, if you are struggling with things. And I, I'm being honest here today because I think maybe there's others in the room. Um, that are where I've been. Um, so it's tough uh, when there's a disconnect between what's going on inside of you and what you believe in versus what you're trying to explain to your kids. So, um, um, so I echo what you said, you know, having said what I just mentioned here, uh, don't give up. Um, you're not a failure if you keep trying. That's what it comes down to. Thanks for your honesty. Jason, if you don't mind me asking, just because you alluded to some books that you're walking through with your, your kids, um, if you don't mind, what books are those? Do you know what? Oh. Not offhand. I think the okay. first one that was for, for Isaac when he was uh, like a 9, 10. It was, um, how is my body changing? Or how am I changing? Yeah. There's a whole series, and they, they increase in, in their in intensity <laughs> as, you, <laughs> as you get older. Yeah. The, ne- the next one that I'm, I have for him, he's like, oh, no, uh, <laughs> is... Um, um, you know, it's a lot more graphic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's they're they're really good books. They really good Christian perspective, and the biology is there, which they need to know. And then as the, as the books get more intense, they they start talking about the issues that we see in the sex ed curriculum. Yeah. It's just good for. Um, I'm just gonna talk for a sec. Um, if you have kids in your house, the average age now for them seeing something online um, and everything like that is just drastically dropping lower and lower and lower. It's actually scary. And if you're nervous to talk to your kids about it, I'm just letting you know they probably know a lot of it already or at least words or terminology and they just might not understand what they're talking about. But here's the thing that kids are being taught that scares me more than anything if they don't understand and somebody doesn't answer them, they know that Google will. And so there's a part of it where if we're not prepared to teach them and talk to them, they know how to find answers. And that's where it opens up doors. And so I mentioned this a long time ago. I would encourage you that if you don't have something at home to filter your internet, uh, I know at our house we use the circle and it just filters every device and it filters every, like you, if you came to my house and I gave you the Wi-Fi password, you wouldn't be able to do anything on my internet unless I went into it and put you at a different level of degree that you can access the internet. And if you think to yourselves, my kids are too young, don't, don't kid yourself. Um, if you don't have kids in your house, I would still suggest getting it. And it just protects you guys. So. Just to, to your point there, um, I was at Camp Bimini on Thursday night slept over, was exhausted on Friday because um, 
I won't tell you the whole story, but uh, I was with Isaac in his class, and uh, I was in a, in a cabin with a bunch of boys, and um, uh, they started talking, of course. We, didn't, we watched the Raptors game, and then we tried to go to bed. And uh, so they're starting to discuss some things, and I'm like, guys, you are crossing the line here. Uh, you need to stop talking about girls that way. This is grade six. Yeah. And... Um, so it is happening quite early, and I think it opened my eyes a little bit in terms of the discussions that Isaac is probably exposed to, which is why, you know, um, I needed to do that sex ed stuff with him sort of thing. Sorry, I'm just going to jump right off the platform for a second. Andrew, you told me about a book, and I forget the title of it, to start preparing kids for online, and it's something about pitchers, pitchers. What's the title again? Good pitchers, Good pitchers bad pictures and it's actually written from a non-believer and but it just prepares kids to understand what a good picture is a bad picture how they feel about it and how to respond so it's just another book for you to access good pictures bad pictures um thanks andrew so um jumping back into this i want to read another verse and just talk about it for a second and then this verse here this comes i don't know about you guys but this comes one that always is in the back of my head and this relates to our children more. Ephesians 6, 1 to 4, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. So that's first for the kids in the room. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you, that you may enjoy long life on the earth. So that, again, is for all the kids in the room. And just be aware, um, every one of us is a kid in the room to somebody. And then this is the verse I want to talk about, verse 4. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instructions of the Lord. Um, when you read this verse, we'll try to pull it kind of together for time's sake. When you read this verse, what does it say to you? Where have you found success, and why is this one challenging? So um, this one is challenging because I wasn't raised in a Christian home at all, so... Um, I struggled with it with a bit of that, and and uh, but it in it I I did look and I I had to look to the Lord and say Lord how do I how do I do this I don't know how to do this it was different um, um, it, it helps me in in guidance on how I should lead my children I need to look to the Lord I need to set aside time with the Lord and say Lord how do I do this. Um, Again, my wife and I need to come together to be on the same page on how to lead the children. And, and I agree with the gentleman here. If one says the one thing and the other says the other thing, the children gets confused. So they don't start listening because, well, mom said I could do this. Okay, here I go. Dad said I could do this. We need to be on the same page. And, and how we do that is that we sit and have conversations. My wife and I, to this day, will actually meet at 8 o'clock at Tim Hortons and talk. We can do it at home. There's just the two of us. But we go out of the house and we meet and we have a discussion and we talk. And, and, and it's, it's important. It's important that I, that I get her perspective and she gets my perspective. Even though our children are older, as I look to my daughter... Um, it on how and what we can do for them 
on what we need to pray for or how we need to help them lead their children. And, uh, to, but the most important thing is no matter what they've done, what we have found, no matter what our children have done, and I can tell you some horror stories, is that I need to love them through it. It's difficult for some of the things that they've done. It's hard, but I need to love them. They know that they can come home and they're loved. Mm -hmm. And it's very important. The, uh, the verse, honor your father and mother, um, it actually, that verse actually challenges me um, to be that father worthy of honor, um, that father of integrity that, that is worthy for my, my kids to honor me. Um, and that, that is a challenge to me because, again, I don't do that well all the time. But um, I think I, I find for myself when I read scriptures like that, um, sometimes it's easy to, to, to read a scripture and, and focus on the kids. It's their, it's their uh, part of the deal. But I always find it, if we, if we look at what does that mean for me, what do I need to do to earn that, um, that always helps me to, to have perspective. Um, again, I, I, I try my best to lead by example. Walk in humility, again, um, I think is a big key to having success in doing that. Um, another thing that I, that I do believe is, is very important, and it's, it's something that my wife and I have always tried to do, is, is just to surround ourselves with people who have done it well, um, who've gone before us, you know, somebody who, who has um, older kids than we do, and, and you, you, you look at that home and you, know, you say, you know what, I would like to. Uh, I'd like to know what they did, so that we can learn from them. And and we have had many conversations with parents like that. Um, just what did you do to uh, to get the results you got? Um, because that's what we can do. We can learn from each other, and I believe that's God's design. Um, again, why why is this one challenging? We're dealing with our human nature. We're dealing with flesh. We as fathers. We as parents are in our flesh as well. And there's sometimes that we um, maybe ask things of our kids that, uh, that if we check our own motives, sometimes we need to realign ourselves if we want to have a different result. So, uh, you know, how something is said. Um, I mean, I tell my kids all the time that it's not necessarily the words that are spoken, it's the tone or, the, or how you said it can have a totally different meaning and that's equally the same for, for me as a father. So, um, yeah, I think that's all. Yeah, that tone thing, my wife bugs me about that all the time. I, I've been trying for a long time to watch my tone, but it's hard. Uh, it really is. Um, the, the word, what jumps at me, at, I would admit, with this particular scripture is the word exasperate. Uh, I'm really good at exasperating my children sometime, uh, sometimes. Um, um, I do push my kids. Uh, I push myself. And, um, and I mean, that tends to bleed over into my relationships. Um, so if I push myself, I'm going to push other people. And I push myself too far, 
and I push other people too far sometimes. And that does happen. I mean, I don't do this every day, but uh, <laughs> um, but I do, um, you know, I do exasperate my children sometimes. And um, uh, there's a, I, I think it's just a matter of being more patient with the process than anything else. Does anyone here watch the movie? The, 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 my wife is not going to like me saying this, but the Dawn Wall on Netflix. Anyone seen that film? It's awesome. Uh, it's a few choice words in there, so you might want to judge for yourself whether you want to watch it. But it's actually a, a, movie, a documentary of two guys who try to climb Mount, Sem, uh, Mount Yosemite. Uh, sorry, the Don, um, uh, anyway, there's a big mountain in Yosemite Park. The name escapes me right now. And there's a particular difficult part called the Dawn Wall. But it's called the Dawn Wall because in the morning, it's the first part of the rock face that gets hit by the light. And uh, incredibly hard to climb. And there's a moment uh, in this documentary where he, uh, one of the guys, there's two of them, gets to about three quarters of the way up and hits a, a key moment, a key part of the rock called the called Wino Tower, and he's just exhilarated that he's gotten this far. Whereas, uh, you know, um, his buddy, his partner, is way down there, still trying to get across across this particular difficult level, and he makes a decision: uh, I'm not climbing any further. I'm going to go back down, and I'm going to sit with this guy until he gets it. And um, he, he was, he was uh, I, I don't care if it takes a day, I don't care if it takes two days, a week, several months. I'm staying here until he gets this, and I'm going to help him. And so I some, sometimes think that uh, we, we, we lose sight of the fact that leadership doesn't happen in front, it happens alongside. And so when I, on the days where I'm, you know, I exasperate my children, I've forgotten the, the, the fact that I need to slow down. I need to come back to where they are. I need to encourage them and teach them, dialogue with them, be alongside them and help them get there to where they're supposed to be. And, um, you know, again, it's not easy, right? So just the um, last, last questions, we'll pull it together. What is something you wish your children knew about you? And what is something, one thing you wish someone had told you ahead of time for having children at your age, at the age their children are, not at your age? So uh, I want my children to know I, I love them no matter what. Gary talked about that, um, no matter what. And um, even when I'm not at my best, I, I do still love you at that, you know. Uh, someone had told me, um, I have no idea. Um, I don't think anything would have made a particular distance, difference per se. Um, you know, maybe some strategies to deal with uh, headstrong children. Maybe they're headstrong because I am. Uh, you know, Annika is Annika's not in the room here right now. She's a particular challenging child. Um, she's strong-willed and how to deal with that maybe, but yeah. Yeah, for me, um, the one thing that I would want my kids to know for sure is that, is that they are loved regardless and that, that we only have their best interest at heart. And sometimes when you're, when you're in the middle of those, those hard discussions or whatever, sometimes that's hard to, to feel communicated because it's, it's, it's life, right? But, but that is the one thing for sure that I would want them to know. Um, as far as what is one thing you wish that somebody would have told you about 
for myself raising teenagers. Um, I actually, I really struggled with that question. Um, and I really just still don't have a real good answer. But um, I think the one thing that that at our stage that we're at is uh, is to know um, you're in that transitional period of beginning to allow them to to spread their wings and and to know where that fine line is to to step in and protect them from making a mistake and yet on the flip side being you know sometimes standing back and allowing them to make that mistake possibly that will leave leave a consequence and to know where that fine line is there to to allow a life lesson to be learned and um that's probably that's probably the one thing that came to my mind um because yeah it's 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 that challenge of of being balanced, being not not too involved, and yet involved enough to to bring guidance where needed, and uh, that's the one question. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one, especially in in my perspective, being raised in a non-Christian home. Um, sometimes uh, fathers think that you know, good hand across the head will help you, <laughs> and it doesn't. I can tell you. It doesn't. It just kind of gives you a bruise. Um, but but you learn from it. Um, and as I be started to become a Christian, I learned more and more of what God wanted me to become. And I'm still finding that today. I looked to a scripture and I pulled it up here. And uh, it, it's one that was given to me by a pastor um, and, it, and it's First Second Chronicles 15 and 2. It's the latter part of, the, of it. It says, the Lord is with you while you be with him. If you seek him, he will be found of you. And this is the part that hurts. Especially as a father. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. So I've learned to listen to what the Lord is, the Holy Spirit is telling me. I've listened to, to what he's saying. He's saying to all of us, if, 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 if there's another gifting here, and, and I, I need to put it together. It says, every man hath received the gift, even as minister, the same one to another as good stewards. And what he's saying is that the Holy Spirit has got a gift for each of us. And we need to seek those gifts. We need to be in the word. We need to understand it. And as we get into the word, we start to see what he has for us. And it helps us to raise our children. It helps us to become a better person even. Even though I'm almost 69, I'm still becoming different than what I was before I was a Christian. And all I can say is that a father, no matter what age you are, God has got something special for each and every one of us. Very special. And as we look to him, we will find it. We will find it because he said, seek me and you will find me. And that's one of the things that I try to do. Is when I read the scriptures, show me what you want for me today 
Show me what you have for me today. I, I have a nice car. I have a radio in it. I don't listen to the radio. The kids laugh at me because I play a CD. It must go over 50,000 times, and they still sit back, and they go, Grandpa's going to, here we go again. <laughs> but it's, it's, I'm sitting in his presence. And that's what I enjoy. Can we just give these guys a hand for just being open and honest with us this morning? I love these Sundays because it just gives an opportunity to talk. And I love just your heart, guys. I honor and, and respect your marriages and how you parent and how you lead. And uh, it's a privilege just to have these conversations together. And so thank you. Um, we still have to do a quick draw before you leave for all the dads in the room. If you have your raffle tickets, pull them out. It was not for a 50-50 draw. Oh. Every time I get this, I'm always tempted to do what they do at like pastor events, and that's to pick up like a handful of these and just chuck them on the floor. This one's mine. <laughs> so now, who am I going to? Mike, come here for a sec. I'm going to toss these in the air. I want you to catch one. All right? Don't worry, there's three more in here. So if this person left already. All right, everybody ready? Three, four, nine. That'll be. I love that. Two, four, eight. That's, that's the funnest number to say. Nine. Oh, here we go. Winner, winner. Come on up. And so we... It's his birthday today? I can't sing to save my life, but I saw Harlan up here, so <laughs> he's going to lead us in happy birthday. Oh, Ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Bill. Happy birthday to you. There you are, sir. Everybody's wondering. It's a $100 gift certificate for Canadian Tire, so enjoy yourself. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for just the privilege and honor to sit together and just have conversations about our walk with you. Father, I appreciate the fact that everyone up here, we're honest, that we struggle, we have victories, and we struggle, and we have victories. And Father, no matter where we are in this room right now in our walk with, with you, just the encouragement from these three men... Don't give up. You can do it. Press on. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray that every father, every man, every person in this room today leaves here going, okay, I can do this. Do it for one more day. And then Tuesday, do it for one more day. And just every day, press into you. Spend some time with you and listen for your voice. And so, Holy Spirit, speak to everyone. Encourage them. In your name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Men in the room, on your way out the door, there are mint smoothies for you as well. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast.
that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 